Good to see you. Have we seen God move in our life and move some mountains? Do we believe he'll do it again? Can we shout, can we give God honor and praise and glory like we believe he'll do it again? Yeah. Always an honor to be with you. I'm Andy Stovall, the Congregational Life Pastor here at The Bridge. Pastor Jim is in Goldsboro today, but I am so thrilled to be with you in our third week of The Niche series or the niche series or the <laughs> niche <laughs> yeah that's true I'm look here we're talking about spiritual gifts today my spiritual gift is geek okay I got the spiritual gift of geek and that's just what I do so um, I want to begin with this thought We've seen God move, we've seen him move mountains and we believe he can do it again and I believe part of him moving mountains in our life is us finding our niche and operating in it. Think about this, I'm not going to say this for the last time today, but finding our niche is very important. Going along the way we've always gone along, doing what we've always done may be the ceiling to where we are right now. Finding our niche and operating in it. Finding that place that God wants us to live and operate and move and pray and be and, and, and uh, love on our fellow man may be the launching pad for the next thing in our life. I tell you what, there are times in my life I need a launching pad, right? When you get down in the nasty muck and mire of life and it's just tough and it's like, God, I need some help, somebody Rescue me, somebody show me what I need to do next. And oftentimes it's found in operating in the place that God has created us to. So we've talked already about our natural abilities. We've talked already about our individuality. Today we're going to talk about our charisma gifts, our spiritual gifts, the gifts that God has given us. How many of you know that God is a giver? Is he a giver? Has he blessed you? Man, we're sitting in a in a, a worship auditorium today. I got up and walked outside, and it's cool. And I'm a little warm in my new pajama shirt today because the heat is pumping, you know, because God is a giver. It sure is easy to see in this worship auditorium with all these lights because God is a giver, right? He is a giver. He blesses us. He pours into our lives. And he also does that by way of gifts that he gives us. God is a giver. And his purpose for us to accomplish what he has on this earth to be done before he comes back, he has gifted you to be a part of the body of Christ to see that that work gets done. Now, the first gift that he gives us happens the moment we receive Christ. How many of you are so incredibly thankful that the very first gift that he gives us is a clean slate and a fresh start? Amen. Isn't that good to know? You've heard me say this before. If you knew everything that God knew about me, you wouldn't be sitting here today. If I knew everything God knew about you, I wouldn't have let you in. 
God's word says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. All things are passed away. All things become new. By the way, if you want to follow along in the notes, we do have notes available at uh, the Bridge NC app. You can check that out. Click on notes. Go to the Princeton location and you'll be able to follow right along with everything that I'm sharing with you today. But our past is just that. It is in the past. He doesn't hold it over our heads. He doesn't hold it against us. He's not, God is not waiting for us to mess up so he can snatch the rug out from under us and say, yep, gotcha. I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were. That isn't the God we serve. God loved us so much The Bible says he sent his son for us because he knew the truth of Romans 3.23. And it's not going to come up on your screen, but all of us have done what? Sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin in Romans 6.23 is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Son, Jesus shed His blood on the cross so that we could know forgiveness, so that we could know life and life abundantly. This verse says that God removes the wages of sin by the death of His Son Jesus on the cross to give us a new life. So that's our first gift. When we receive Jesus, very first gift, a clean slate. Second thing, We get his spirit inside of us. One of the characteristics of God is he is omnipresent. How many of you have ever heard somebody say, do you want to ask the Lord to to come into your heart, to live in your heart? How does he do that? How does Jesus, you ever thought about that? You know, you ever really thought about, well, how, how in the world does all that happen? He is omnipresent. He does it through the person of the Holy Spirit. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time because of this he is not only with us he is in us that's God's gift to us but there's an issue here the issue with God being in us is we have the option as to how much control we give God don't we we can surrender all to him or we can hold back And we can say, God, you get Sunday morning. You get Wednesday night or you get my life group time or you get this and the rest of the time it's mine. How many of you know that that would be a frustrating way to live your Christian life, right? Constantly battling between what you want and what God wants and what God wants is to us for us to give him control. Romans 5, 5 says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He has given us this gift. And what he wants us to do with it is say, Lord, I surrender all to you. Guide me, direct me, show me, lead me, help me surrender and submit to your will. Not my will, but thy will be done how many of you know that when you do that you find yourself sometimes in places where you're having to love people you're having to forgive people you're having to take steps in a particular direction maybe you don't want to go maybe you're like well they don't deserve that but when we live by the spirit 
Sometimes we do that because that's the thing that is most God-honoring. Then there's a third gift that we receive when we receive Christ into our heart and into our life. And that is a special gift to fulfill the purpose that he has for each and every one of us here on this earth. God has a purpose for your life. Did you know that? He has a plan for your life. Romans chapter 12 beginning in verse 5 says, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, serve. If it is teaching, teach. If it is to encourage, encourage. If it is giving, give generously. If it is to lead, be do that diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. God has given us gifts. There are 29 spiritual gifts defined in the Bible and he has given each of us at least one of them, most of us more than that, to operate in so that we can do and serve the purpose of building the kingdom, leading people, pointing people to Jesus and his love. There are three reasons it's important When we understand God has given us a gift, there are three reasons it's important to know what our gift is. The first is this. My gift points to God's plan for my life. It points to God's plan for my life. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 beginning in verse 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working but the same God works in them all. Every Christian is called to serve. We are to be like Christ and his example is that of a servant. He didn't come to serve but he came, or to be served but he came to serve. Christian literally means to be like Christ, to be like Jesus. So as we begin to understand our spiritual gifts, we begin to discover God's will for our life. It shows us the ministries that we should focus on and how we need to spend our time. Our our gift shows us areas where we're going to be most successful. If you're gifted in music, what do you think you probably should do? Maybe... Get into music. Be involved in that. I can sing a little bit. I remember when uh, Pastor Jared and Pastor Matt Bartlett, uh, Matt was a worship leader for us several years ago. He's up in the mountains now where it snows a little more. But he was an awesome leader, and I was meeting with these guys every week. And we were talking about the worship set because believe it or not, I was the worship leader here for nine years. That's how desperate people get sometimes, okay? (laughs) I was the worship leader. What in the world is going on? Um, I can sing a little, like I said, and I'm meeting with them and we're, we're talking about the worship set and we're talking about these songs and all this stuff and, and they're talking about keys and how we would go from this key to that key and this thing to that thing and, and I got to tell you something, man. William, it was bad because I was picking music out and they were looking at me and they were saying, mm, I don't know, I, and I just like the song. I just thought, man, that's a great song. I didn't know how it transitioned to another song. We'd completely have to stop and do all this stuff. And so one day I looked at Matt and Jared and I said, "Um, I want to make an observation. (laughs) This is not my spiritual gift. (laughs) And uh, you guys know how to do this, so guess what? 
I'm out. I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to let you operate in that. I'm going to let you flow in that. And I'm going to do the thing that I've been called to do. If you're gifted in that, man, do it. I, I tried to play the drums one time, Bill. I got on the drum set. Anybody ever tried to play the drums that can't play the drums? Good gracious. I, I went to the ER. I got hurt. <laughs> I hit myself with a stick. I don't even know how I did it. I was just beating on and I went to wailing on myself. And I was like, whoa, whoa, that's not a drum. That's your head, you dummy. <laughs> that's a hard thing to do. You hear all this stuff and you're like, man, how do your feet do that when your arms are doing this? I don't, I don't understand. Man, maybe I'm the only weirdo that doesn't get that, but that is a gift, all right? And I ain't got it, so... If your gift is teaching, teach, or leadership, or hospitality, man, hospitality, get, do we have the right lady in guest services at the bridge, Princeton? Man, she is so good. Valerie sees things I don't see. I mean, I'm just like, I just don't see it. And she does, and she's so good at it. So the, the point is this. God's given each of us a gift. I'm still trying to figure out mine, but he's given each of us a gift. And a major temptation of a Christian who is young in their walk with God is to see someone that they admire, to see someone that they emulate, and, and they're like, man, I want to be like them. And, and it's great to learn from people. You need to do that. You need to sit at the feet of people who know how to do things that maybe you aspire to do. You know you have a giftedness in a particular area. Uh, maybe you want to run sound or cameras or something and you, you want to get uh, beside Mitchell Grantham and figure out how to do that or, or whatever it may be. But the, the biggest mistake you could make is to try to imitate them across the board and be just like they are because God created you for a purpose he created you to be you don't be somebody else be you be who God made you to be because there are people's lives you're going to have the opportunity to touch that no one else can so so important to do that so live that thing out Pray and ask God to help you discover your gift and then walk it out and be the best you that you can be. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but it's the truth. The second reason it's important for us to know our gift is it reveals our worth. It reveals my worth. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. My mom used to cross stitch and I think she's picked it up just a little bit again. Her hands don't allow her to do it as much as she would like and as much as she did when she was younger. But I remember she had a, this cross stitch thing and maybe you've seen it before and it's not good English so forgive me English teachers. Well I mean I, I've never spoken good English so you just put up with me anyway. But God don't make no junk, Right? I believe the first part of that was I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. This is the basis for true self-esteem. God has a purpose for you. God is saying to you this morning, you have worth. 
and you have value. And I don't know what's happened in your life, but I would be foolish to believe in a room this large with all these people here that everybody sitting here feels that way. That everybody sitting here this morning feels like, man, I am, I am somebody and I am valuable to this world and to the kingdom. There are people that have walked in here today who feel like they got nothing to offer. You feel like you're worthless. And maybe it's because somebody told you that. Maybe it's because somebody rejected you. Maybe it's because you've had a life experience that has led you to believe that. Maybe even from childhood. I'm here to tell you this morning that that is a lie. And the God that loves you and died for you and if you've received him into your heart and into your life, he wants you to know you have value and worth. Amen? Amen. I was bullied as a kid. I grew up. I went on the Bojangles workout diet. I was always a runt. And I guess there was something in me that didn't want to be that anymore. So I started eating ham biscuits and all that stuff. I don't like bullies. I don't tolerate them well. Because I know how they make you feel. They make you feel like you are less. Like you somehow don't measure up. And maybe that's what you've been going through. I'm here to tell you. God loves you and you are worth so much to him and you are so valuable to this world that you live in. Lastly, the third reason it's important, and this is not an exhaustive list, but the third reason it's important for me to know my gift is because using my gift blesses me. Using my gift blesses me. John chapter 15, verses 8, and then skip to 11. My Father is glorified and honored by this. When you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my true disciples, I have told you this. Why? So that my joy may be in you. So that your joy may be full complete and overflowing. He wants us to know that. He wants us to operate in our gift so that our joy may be complete. He wants us to bear much fruit. And we do that by doing what he's called us to do. Nothing compares to the thrill of knowing that you are being used by God. You know what's so exciting about being used by God? What's so exciting about doing what he's called us to do is he's working in people's lives and we don't even know it. He's doing stuff in people's lives behind the scenes and we're not even, we're not even aware of all the stuff that's going on. And look, it ain't about us. 
It's not about what we've done and what we've accomplished and how good we do this or that or the other. I love what Mitchell prayed before service today. We always have a pre-service meeting at 8.30 on Sunday morning to talk about everything that we're going to do. And here's what Mitchell said. He said, God, we've prayed and we've, we've worked on the lights and we've worked on the, 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 the video and we've done everything we can with Pastor Andy's notes and the screen and all the stuff. And Lord... We hope all that works great. But at the end of the day, what's most important, if all the lights go out, these things cut off, and we got to go out and finish up the sermon in the parking lot, God be glorified in everything. We want to point people to Jesus. That's the most important thing. And when we do that and we're operating in that, man, it is such a blessing to us. God is a giver, He is a giver. See, because we get to be part of something bigger than ourselves, we get to see some amazing things happen. When you're serving in your area of giftedness, the Holy Spirit empowers you like nothing else. You ever been to the airport that has one of these little... Uh, it's not an escalator. I guess it's just a, a belt that you walk on. And it, you, you, you're walking along on the static floor, and then you hit that belt, and it's like you're running. It's like, glory to God, I need one of these at home, and then I can get me a, a workout on. You know, but then the problem is when you get to the end of the belt, you hit the, you hit the floor, and you nearly fall down because you, I mean, you were moving, you know. And that... It is a weird feeling and it's a weird experience, but that is what it's like when we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Man, we're walking along in our own power and we're doing this thing. And, you know, I see Gary sitting here and, good gracious, he has the spiritual gift of knowing a car. Glory to God. Amen, everybody at the bridge that's, that, that's taken their car there. I think probably half of us have at least. You know, and I mean, when he's, he's in there and he's doing his thing and he's working on that and, and that widow lady comes in and she brings her car and it ain't working right and she's distraught and it's the only means of transportation and it's her, her only means to get around and get to, to get groceries and to get medication and to get all that stuff. And man, he gets to operate. But he's not just a mechanic turning wrenches. He is a man who's got the Spirit of God in him. He is a man who's operating for the glory of God and with everything he fixes, every alternator that's changed, every oil that gets dropped out of there and new oil getting put in with every job he does it is for God's glory and it's like he's walking along and man I can work on it and I can be you know I can be static and I can do like everybody else or I can be this man of God who just allows the Holy Spirit to use me in ways that are beyond anything I could ever ask think or imagine Lawrence Gonzalez wrote a book called Deep Survival and he researched people who were in desperate situations and survived. He looked at similar situations where people didn't survive and um, you know I'm, I'm talking about situations like sailors being lost at sea, hikers getting lost in the mountains and things like that and his study concluded this. He said helping someone else is the best way to ensure your own survival says it takes you out of yourself. It helps you rise above your fears and you move from victim to rescuer. 
Man, that's incredible. Use the gift God gave you for His glory and discover the true meaning of joy. And then lastly, as we come in for a landing, there are three things that I want you to see that God wants you to do with your gift. So we know that He gives them to us at salvation. There, there's, there are more than that, but there are three things He does at salvation. We look at, we've looked at the importance of knowing them. Now I want us to look at the importance of doing them. Why should we do them? What does God want us to do with our gift? Well, maybe you're sitting here today and you've said, I've heard you speak for 30 minutes now about your spiritual gift, and I don't know what mine is. Well, the first step in that process is discovering your gift. God wants you to discover it. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. God wants you to discover areas in which you're gifted. So how do I do that? Well, we examine our life. We examine our life in Christ. What have we done already as a believer? How have you served in the body of Christ? What do you enjoy doing the most? How has God blessed you? Um, one, of the, one great way to, to begin this journey is a spiritual gifts inventory. And I have a, a slide right here on the screen, and there's a link there. You can also go to the webpage. You can go to our website, you can click on um, Next Steps and go to Serve and you'll find it. There's a question there that says Discover My Niche. You click on that and the third thing down there is this Spiritual Growth Inventory. And you can take that and determine how has God fashioned me, how has God formed me. And it's just like the DISC assessment or the Myers-Briggs. You know, if you haven't taken one of those in two or three years... You're going to get some different answers, hopefully, because it's going to mean you've grown. It's going to mean you've developed, you've matured. And then the other way that you discover your gift is you experiment. Man, we, we had test drive last week. I, I, I talk all the time. I, we've got foreigners in the land, and so I, I, I'm just kidding. Sometimes people from up north, um, they, I said something, about, said something about kicking the tires and uh, Somebody walked up to me like, what are you talking about? I said, man, you ain't never bought cars where I have. You go and kick the tires. You, the first thing you do is make sure the tires ain't flat, and then, you know, see if the motor runs. But, but you can take a test drive here. You can try out and shadow in a ministry, and there's no judgment here. What you can do is go and try something, and if it doesn't fit, if it doesn't work, man, try something else. But we experiment. We see what it is that we enjoy doing, what it is that, that God has called us to. And, and, and then the other thing that we do in discovering our gift is we put our heart and hands to the place of greatest demand. You put your heart and hands to the place of greatest demand. How many of you know that when it's raining and cold and the wind's blowing, that everybody standing out in that parking lot is not going, yay, I get to do that today. They, but they put their heart and hands to the place of greatest demand. Ever walk by that nursery when it's really, really getting good? Woo! It'll, <laughs> glory, it'll knock you out, you know? Nobody enjoys that, but we love babies, don't we? And that's just what babies do. So, But that's the thing that we, we do. We, first of all, you discover it. Secondly, you develop your gift. First Timothy 4.14 Do not neglect your gift. 
Many people know the gifts that God's given them, but for one reason or another, you're not operating in it. We don't do what we know we're gifted to do. Maybe because we think we're too busy or priorities have have shifted a little bit because of a a time in life that we are. We're afraid we're going to fail. Maybe we're afraid we'll be embarrassed or maybe um, nobody's asked. Maybe you sit here today and say, this church, they got plenty of help. They don't need my help. Well, if you look out on the board at the Next Steps area on your way out today, and you kind of have to be intentional to do that because it's over here on the side, there are 123 places we have available for people to get plugged in and serve. You can be as busy as you want to be. Now, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to be so busy that you don't have time in here because you need this time. But there are places where you can serve. You Infant, toddlers, preschool, they, there are 34 needs right now immediately available in Bridge Kids. Student ministries, 15. Guest services, 29. And there is a handout. Wow, lo and behold, there's one in your seat today that looks a lot like this. And what it does is gives you an opportunity if you've not taken that next step in serving or you know that God has been stirring your heart and and He wants you to to take that step to do something. It's your opportunity to say, you know what, I'll give that a try. I'll give it a shot. I don't know if I'll be good at it, but I'll give it a go. I remember when we got to the point where, you know, I never told you the story of how I became the worship leader and that was because... There's nobody around to do it. (laughs) So I said, you know what? I'll give it a shot. I'll try it. I loved it. There are a lot of people sitting in here today that I was on worship team with. And we had a wonderful time. And it was a great experience. And I was blessed because I did that. And and it was not comfortable for me. And it was not easy for me. But but I did I did what I believed God wanted me to do. I I, I put my heart and hand to the place of greatest demand. And then God allowed me also to operate in some other areas of my giftedness. 2 Timothy 1.6 tells us this. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift that God gave you. Fan into flame that gift. Develop it. Operate in it. And then use it. Use your gift. I mentioned a few weeks ago that on Wednesday night we've been studying in the book of Ruth. And um, Ruth just had an amazing life and just an incredible story and the whole journey of her life is just amazing. But her life was forever changed because she started doing what she believed God wanted her to do. Her mother-in-law, or her father-in-law died, her husband died, and she stayed with her mother-in-law, Naomi, and Naomi looked at her and said, you need to go back, your sister-in-law's gone back, you need to go back, be with your family, she was a Moabite, be with your family, this isn't even your land, you don't need to be here, I'm not really your family, and she said this, because there was... She operated in something that I've been studying behind this guy and he calls it the revealed will of God. She operated in the revealed will of God. She said, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. I mean, she went so far as to say, where you die, I will die. She said, your God will be my God. 
the revealed will of God in her life was that here is this widow, she needs me right now in this season in her life and I'm going to step out and I'm going to do what I believe God wants me to do. How do I know that's what God wants me to do? I'm looking right at it. Yes, you need to pray always. You need to constantly pray without ceasing. But there are some things that people come to us with and say, Hey, uh, so-and-so, hey, so-and-so, do you think you could do that? And you think you could do that? And the response to that isn't, well, let me pray about it. You drive by somebody who's broke down on the side of the road in the middle of a, of a, of a rainstorm and, and you can tell they're desperate and you can tell that need is genuine. You don't have to say, well, let me pray about it and I'll get back to you. I'll let you know in 30, 45 minutes if, if I have the time, I'll stop back by and I'll give you a ride or give you a hand to change the tire on your car. You know that's a need. I know how to do it. I'll meet the need, right? We operate in the revealed will of God. Ruth's life in eternity was forever changed because she stepped out. She dared to trust God. And because she did, He did exceedingly and abundantly in her life beyond she could ever ask or think. Why did He do that? Because she saw a need and said, I'm going to stay right here. Because she did that, she ended up in a field that was owned by, does anybody know who? Boaz did that radically change her life oh my goodness all because she was where she was supposed to be when she was supposed to be there there are two types of people here today maybe more than this but there are people that are here today that have never stepped out and trusted Jesus that first step that I talked to you about you've never done that You've never said, I'm going to follow you, God. I'm going to trust you with my whole heart. That's your next step today. And there are some of you who have never stepped out and operated in your giftedness and calling. And I know we got this card here. And, and we do want you to take a step of faith. And we do want you to serve because we do believe it will be a blessing to you. But it's not just serving here that's important. I'll be completely honest with you, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but if you're not operating in your giftedness at home, you need to do that first. Don't sign this card. Do that first. Be who you're supposed to be at home. Operate in the area of your giftedness. Love your children the way that you should. Do the things that you need to do. And how many of us other than me know that doing that at home sometimes is really, really, really hard? Because the people at the house know us, right? And they're like, mm, mm, now you want to pray? Okay. <laughs> right? Operate in that area of giftedness at home. And then serve your fellow man. We serve a life-changing, miracle-working God. You want me to tell you about the God we serve? Let me tell you something about the God we serve. This is the Jesus I know. This week... Last Sunday night, a man sat in my driveway telling me about a prognosis of a medical condition that he had. Very, very concerned. It was very, very dire. He was very, very, very worried. Have I made it clear this was a big deal? We prayed. 
Let me preface it with this. Ain't got nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with the God we serve. We prayed. We believed. We trusted him. He called me back three days later and said, the first, well, actually he texted me and the first thing I saw in his text was a big thumbs up. And he said, what the doctor thought this was and the progression of what he thought had occurred with this type of cancer, it is nowhere near that. Glory to God, here's the treatment, here's the protocol. This is what God's going to do in my life. This is what he has done. He has heard and answered prayer. And I said to that, amen, amen, and amen. Somebody came to my office this week and sat down and said, you know what, I'm tired of getting what I've been getting. I'm tired of the, the life that I've been living. What I've been doing has been affording me this, and I know it's time for a change. And I looked at him and I said, no time like the present. And he gave his heart and his life to Jesus for the very first time this week. That's the God we serve. I met with a lady this week who God supernaturally, remarkably by his power and authority delivered her from heroin addiction just like that. Glory to God Almighty. We serve a mighty God. Now why do I say all that to you? Because God is active and he's working and he's moving and he's doing things in the lives of people and I haven't even shared everything that happened this week. And my goodness, if I started sharing with you what we've been seeing at, at uh, Celebrate Recovery with, with Bridge to Hope and the things Pastor Jimmy's got going on, what we've been seeing in student ministries and kids' ministries, God is at work and he's moving but we have a choice to make. We can operate in our niche or we cannot. And you'll either continue hitting the ceiling or you will see this next step, taking advantage of this sermon series and saying, God, there have been some things I've been holding out on. There have been some things that I haven't been doing and I'm going to trust you in that. And you may see God propel you to a place you never thought you'd be. You never thought you could go. I want to encourage you, wherever you are, whatever your situation is, to take that step today. Maybe that step is taking this card home and praying over it. Maybe you can sign up today and you know where you want to serve. Maybe it's going home and having a family meeting and saying, guys, I know I haven't been what I need to be. And I want you to forgive me. I've already asked God to do it. And things are going to be different around the house from now on. And maybe you're here today and you say, my first step, I know, is getting right with God. Either entering into a relationship for the very first time coming back to obedience to him would you bow your heads with me God I thank you for your word I thank you for what it does to us I thank you for how it transforms and causes us to think differently and I pray this morning right now 
that you would speak to our hearts and that we would listen. For many of us in this room right now, what our next step with you, Lord Jesus, is, is very clear. We've just, for whatever reason, been fighting that step. Now God, right now in the stillness of this moment, I ask you to help us be bold enough to say yes to you today. Because you love us. And your desire for our heart is to operate in this manner so that our joy will be complete. Does that mean that everything in our life will miraculously and mysteriously just all go great and there will never be another problem? No, that's not the world we live in. But what it does mean is when it does get tough, we'll know how to respond in a way that is healthy and life-giving. So Lord, for those that need to take that step, to say yes to you for the very first time, I pray they wouldn't wait another minute. They know today's the day. And they would say yes to you right now. And for those who need to take that step of faith and say, God, I know there's something I'm supposed to be doing for you. I haven't been doing. I'm going to do that today. I'm going to trust you today, Lord. I'm scared. Maybe I'll get embarrassed. Maybe it'll put me in a position I'm not quite ready for God help us trust you enough the God who created us who made everything that you got us and you're not going to ask us to step out into anything you're going to leave us there alone to do you'll be right there every step of the way and when we're too weak to do it you'll pick us up and carry us Would you say yes to him today? Would you say yes, I will trust, I will follow, I will take that next step with you, God? Because I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss what you have for me. I want to be like Ruth, I want to be gleaning in the field that I'm supposed to be in. So that when... It's that right time and that perfect moment. You'll see me. I'll be ready. And you will propel me to the place you want me to be. If that's your heart's desire in this room today, would you just lift your hand up? There are too many people to everybody come to the altar. But would you just lift your hand up and say, God, that's me. I want that in my life. I surrender that to you right now. God, thank you for what you've done here today. Now, Lord, be glorified through our lives as we walk out what you've called us to do in this life. You've gifted each and every one of us. Help us use our, our gift on our job. 
Help us use our gift and operate in it here at the church. Help us operate in it at our homes with our children, with our parents. God, we want to glorify you above all things. And we, we pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for being in church today.